Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of Holding Court. Today, we're chatting about baseball and what the season looks like so far. We'll be joined by sports broadcaster and Intentional Talk co-host Chris Rose. We'll chat about IT and dig deeper into that famous IT mojo. We'll discuss some iconic baseball movies, Chris's unapologetic love for Cleveland sports, and we'll get his thoughts on the new 2020 MLB rule changes. All coming up right now. Hey there. Hey yo. That's new. Yeah, I try to do something new every week. I like that. Spice it up. I don't want to be predictable. I don't blame you. Well, we are a week into the season. Yes, we are. We are. And I have to say, as predicted, it feels just as intense as I thought it would. And every game, I go through so many emotions. I want to throw up. I, the other day, watching the first Astros game, I was sitting in the backyard and I was sitting at the counter and I at one point was like crawling onto the counter and like bracing myself on the counter. And then like, I don't know, it was a lot. There was a lot going on. I can't sit still. And I was like, this is what I miss. This is what I was begging for is to feel this feeling again. And then I get sad and then I get happy and it's such a roller coaster and I'm here for all of it. Maybe the real entertainment should be a little camera on you watching the game I thought about that just going live and just letting everyone feel what I'm feeling and we can all feel it together but I don't know if anyone wants to see that were you were you drinking a white claw um I actually had a michelada michelada as promised and I don't know if anyone wants to see the live stream I haven't brushed my hair in quite a while so <laughs> we'll see I mean I guess that's what people maybe want to see is because they're probably in the same boat so your little, your little top knot looks great right now thank you I appreciate <laughs> it I try to keep it consistent and yeah it's we've seen a lot already in the first week so as a fan I'm loving it um like I said the losses I knew they were going to be hard I was it felt like playoffs yeah, every game does. I get into like a sad state after and then I'm mad and then I'm happy again, but I'm here for it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, reflecting on the first week, it definitely seems like the pitchers may be a little bit ahead of the hitters right now. Um, you know, guys are still working through some things, myself included, just trying to find that little sweet spot of comfort where, you know, you can repeatedly get off your your best swing every single every single time up but um it's it's been interesting it's weird the the no fans is tough to you know find that adrenaline to kind of get up you know we uh in our first loss to the Giants on Saturday you know we're down two runs and Will Smith comes up in the ninth and he hits a homer to put us within one and that's normally a moment in Dodger Stadium where everyone's going nuts and it's like unbearably loud and the other team can kind of feel the momentum building. And that homer was like everyone in the dugout was pumped and then he came back in and then it just was like back to the deflated energy because, you know, we didn't have those fans to kind of like carry us through those moments. So uh, it's going to be a challenge for us to to kind of build that and create that on our own and and work it out. But um, yeah, so far I I think uh, 
I think we're doing all right. Our bullpen's been tremendous, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Got to tip the hat to those guys. Yeah, I will say watching, obviously it's sad to not be able to go to games and all of that, but I will say on TV, you, for me, you kind of forget that fans aren't there. Like it kind of, you just get kind of locked into the game. And obviously I think we all know that there aren't fans there. There's cutouts and sometimes it's completely, in Houston it was completely barren with no cutouts. And then now there's teddy bears that I'm fully convinced come alive when everyone goes home at night um, in Arizona. But <laughs> well, Houston had all their fans in the outfield. That's yeah, weird. that's true. Like they filled up the Crawford box and whatever. I, I, that was weird. And, and Arizona has one little tiny section by their bullpen full of stuffed animals. So I did like that they said they were going to donate them. Um, yeah, that's cool. But I still think they're going to come alive when everyone goes home. <laughs> that's just my own personal joy but yeah I think all of it's there obviously for you guys it's different not having fans but I'm here for it there's been a lot of excitement the new rule change um in extra innings that brought the heart rate up (laughs) I was just it's that I don't know it's hard it's hard to explain it because it always feels like the game is you know, just one swing away from, especially on the road, that's always difficult when there's a chance that, you know, the other team can come back, but that feeling just over and over and over again with a runner in scoring position, I can't say I enjoy it. I think it'll all, it'll be better when you guys are at home if you get into that situation. Yeah, there's definitely some strategy to it. I mean, if you're, if you're the visiting team and you go into extras, uh, obviously you have to try to score as many runs as, as you can. So, I don't know if small ball is actually the play, um, but as the home team, you know, if you don't give up a run in the top of the 10th and you get a lead off an inning with a guy on second, I know that there's some statistical people up there that would rather say, you know, take your three shots at getting a hit and driving them in. Um, but man, it's just hard to believe that you wouldn't just bunt that guy over and get him a third and, you know, you have a guy on third with less than two outs. There's so many ways to, to score them. And, uh, I feel like that would have to be the play. I don't know necessarily. Like, I mean, if I'm leading off an inning in the 10th and there's a guy on second, I, I would definitely be going through my mind whether doc wanted me to or not, uh, you know, just to drop down a bun or attempt to drop down at least one bun and, you know, let those big hitters behind me, you know, drive, drive a guy in from third. So, uh, the strategy is definitely going to be interesting to see how, how teams go about it differently all year. Yeah. There's not a lot of holes in your lineup, especially now with the DH and all of that. So it's difficult to think of, you know, like taking the bat out of someone's hands kind of thing and not just trusting, but yeah, it's definitely a completely different setup on the road. Because obviously, top of the inning, like you think one run is probably not enough. You're just assuming that they're going to come back and tie it, which Houston did. And so you're obviously top thinking bigger. And then, yeah, if you just need that one run in the bottom, it's it would be hard for me not to want to bun it over. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's it's definitely different. Now now we got the double headers, the seven inning double headers, which, you know, playing in L.A., we usually don't have to worry about. Um we have pretty good weather and actually staying on the West coast. Um, you know, the weather always sucks up in San Francisco, but it's not like rainy weather. Usually Yeah, it's, it's just, just cold. cold. 
Um, Seattle has a roof. Arizona's indoors. Uh, Texas and Houston are inside. San Diego's always perfect. LA's always perfect. Denver, we're past the possible snow months. Denver's <laughs> the only wild card. Yeah, it's not going to snow, but there could they could be rain and and whatnot in Denver. But that's probably the only city that you know might come. And now, of course, I say this, and it'll probably rain for a week straight in LA or no. something. But um, <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't affect us too much. Um, but you know, two seven inning double headers. You got to again protect the protect the uh, the pitchers. So. Yeah, I think going back to what we always have said is whatever it takes for this year. It's obviously funky, but I mean, bring on the high school rules, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> do whatever we got to do. Yeah, and we are actually just watching intentional talk, and they were talking about it as well. So I think it's probably a good time to bring on our guest. Oh yeah, one of our faves, Mister. Chris Rose. <laughs> Mr. Chris Rose. Mr. Chris Rose. So formal for such a casual Cleveland guy, but I love it. Should we bring oh, him? Oh, we should have queued up Cleveland Rocks for him as like an intro song. Post-production. <laughs> I'll do that. Post-production. All right. <laughs> let's call him. Let's, let's, let's get him on here. All right. Let's do it. Hi, Chris. How are you? Doing great. Just, I mean, it's amazing to get to talk to both of you at the same time again. I know we did this on, on the intentional talk version of uh, during quarantine specials, so it's, it's nice to be able to return the favor. This is it. Yeah, I'm used to going on the show and you guys just talking about Courtney the whole time, even though she's not on with me. That's, so this is a nice change. That is not true. Oh, wow. After, after, the, after the first four or five interviews, we cut down the Courtney questions to maybe 70%. Well, you kind of cut out. Did you say after the first 45 interviews? <laughs> yes, I think that's what it was. Either four or five or 45. But yeah, either way, it's probably accurate. We made it 20 seconds before you brought up creepy Uncle Kevin. So I guess that's pretty good. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> right? Like, he's the creep. Let's be honest here. Let's call it what it is. He's the creepy one. I'm just the guy who's, I'm the fact guy. I'm the, I'm the guy that gets us from topic to topic. And Kevin is the entertainment and the creeper. That's we, ha- kind of how our, our show is right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Courtney gets the facts well, and I'm just here to, uh, yeah, I guess be the creepy guy. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. See, now you're, you're like the, there's a lot of creepy major leaguers. Uh, and I guess I mean that in a somewhat positive sense. You, you don't even crack the, the top, like, top, I don't know, eight, 80%. That, thank maybe, you. Thank maybe you. I'm the fact person, the show move alonger and the creep. Cause I do like to creep on our guests that come on the show and I do have to, Excellent. I do have to, this kind of falls in line with the whole creepy thing. Um, I went on your Wikipedia page. I don't know the last oh, time you popped perfect. on there. Can you explain why there is a photo of you with model Marissa Miller? And it's not even a good quality photo. It looks like you might've uploaded it yourself on there. Actually, I think somebody took it from a flip phone or a potato. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> not it's not good so marissa miller um used to be a frequent guest on the best damn sports show period when i hosted it yeah and um we actually did a a a segment where she ended up winning a a contest and she came on the show and it was all fun and blah 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 so that but that particular photo was actually at the rose bowl and I guess cropped out of the photo was John Sally, another one of the hosts of that game. Mm-hmm. And we were there, we were brought up there by some company to hawk some sort of item. 
So really, Marissa was the headliner. And once again, getting back to the I'm just the facts guy, I was there to make sure that the product was being sold properly. Um, they were all there to see Marissa and to laugh at John Sally. And I was there to make sure that the points of whatever shaver this was that we were selling. So, so that's be, that. So it would be a fair assessment to say that whoever that super fan was taking a picture on a flip phone was trying to just take a picture of Marissa Miller and you just happened to be in the forefront of it. Well, that was your intention, was it not, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> the way she's, I mean, find someone that looks at you like Marissa Miller looks at Chris Rose in this picture. I will say. Yeah, I, I'm going to guess that she was looking past me. She was looking at the camera. And she was looking at the exactly. camera. Exactly. <laughs> I just think the eye line is dead on perfect. But that's true because whenever Michelle, for people who don't know, that's my wife, whenever she gets mad at me, I just bring up that picture from Wikipedia and I say, look at the way that the supermodel glowingly stares at her You know? How does, how does Michelle take that one? She, she just shakes her head and walks away or does she, how does that go over? I think she throws up a little bit in her mouth yeah. and then, um, and then she always says, Hey, good luck, pal. If you really think you have a shot at it, yeah. go for it. You yeah. have, you have every endorsement I will give you, but good luck. I think court would do some throwing too, but not, it, w- it wouldn't be throwing up. She'd probably like throw a shoe or something at my head if I said that. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably say the same thing as Michelle. I'd be like, have at it. Get, get back <laughs> yeah, to me. Right. Get back exactly. to me when like, that doesn't work out. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because, you know, you always have the, whatever the list of five is, you know, the, uh, you know, what do we call that list? Your so um, the, hall pass. Yeah, your hall pass list, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the great thing is, is that when you're, you know, early on in your marriage, you're like, you'll never, ever meet those people. And then it was weird because on Best Sam, we used to have a lot of Hollywood types come on the show. And like some of those people actually came on the show. I was like, God almighty, like, I never thought I'd have a shot of being within 10 feet of you. And like, here we are. And we're yeah, alone. Don't on worry. The stage. So did here you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> did you, did us. you intentionally uninvite any of uh, Michelle's five top five or were you like, oh, <laughs> well, oh, shit. I mean, for goodness, you know, I mean, like you were teammates with one of them. Uh Oh, David. No, Matt uh, Kemp. Oh, Matt Kemp. Oh, Ooh. Yeah. yeah, she loves. She still loves Matt. Yeah, so you know I, what? I knew that. I knew that. Actually, yeah. You, she's told us that. Let's before, call him right now. Let's get him on the. Yeah, you want me to call Matt again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, he, uh, he, he's he's sick of that because, I mean, Justin, if you were sick of the whole uh, Courtney thing, Matt Kemp is sick of the whole Michelle Rose like, yeah, digs him sort of story. But that's okay. Well, I mean, they- I, like. I get it. If Matt Kemp knocked on our door and was like, hey, Michelle, you want to head to Vegas? I mean, not right now in the pandemic, but in like any other normal time. He was like, hey, we're going to Vegas for a week. She wouldn't even let me know that's where she went. She would just drop her stuff oh, and go. Wow. wow. Call it. A- I get it. How in the world can I measure up to that guy? He's, he's a good dude. He's got great looks. He's rich. He's younger. He's funny. He's got a great smile. Aside from younger, uh, yeah. I think you just described yourself. You're selling yourself a little short here. And it's sounding it's really... sounding like he might be on your list too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you the... never know. I I've reorganized over the years. Oh, the good news is, I think Justin's consists of only Kevin Costner. So, yeah. and they've met each other, and so far he's still oh. with me. So that's nice. I, I love uh, so I, I love Kevin. He's great. 
All right. And, and like, what, where is it, what moment was it that you were like, I, Kevin Costner is the dude. Was it Bull Durham or was it something else? Well, you know, he, he's been in so many good movies. Uh, Bull Durham, Dancing with, or Dances with Wolves, um, a movie that I think we're actually going to talk about here in a minute, Draft Day. Let's just bring it up, Cleveland. Let's just go right into Draft Day, which has to be on, on the one of the top movies all time for you because it's about Cleveland sports and it's actually a football franchise that, you know, is doing good things. So where, where does that movie rank on your list? Well, I mean, it's a, um, well, where does it rank in terms of like the number of times I've seen it? Cause it's only been like 18. Uh, yeah, I love too. it. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies. No, it's, it's, you know, draft day was done very well. It was, um, it's fun because there's like, it just follows them for a day, right? Mm-hmm. It's literally one day. And how many movies do that? Yeah. So it was great. Um, I loved it. And the sequel, of course, to the movie is that neither of those draft picks that we ended up making end up making it in Cleveland. And we have to cut them three years later because of the salary cap <laughs> issue. And so it's, it's not only a fun movie, but it's actually pretty truthful, too. Oh, that's the way we I do think Vontae Mack would have panned out. You would hope, you would hope, <laughs> you know, but you know, we've, we've drafted plenty of good linebackers up high. Barkevious Mingo, Mike Junkin, Clifford Charlton, guys who just never, Craig Powell was another first round linebacker. We just, should I know these names? Worked. No, <laughs> that's why, that's, that's, this is my point, you know, it's terrible. I think one of the cool things about it, and I don't know a whole lot about the NFL and how it works, but it just, it seems pretty authentic to me. It doesn't seem like, you know, some of these baseball movies that are just so far-fetched and obviously, you know, being a baseball player, you, it's easy to decipher between, but the draft day, like, it doesn't seem like anything is kind of like out of the realm of what an actual draft day looks like. It, It seems like it's all pretty well put together and and you can follow it along and and like i could see every part of that movie happening um maybe with the exception of the uh uh the ashes of his father being spread on the on the practice field but other than that it was like the whole thing was done i thought pretty well it was fun i don't know how many gms are are writing down Dante max name and you know carrying around the pocket all day but um and and the other thing is is that like when they go back to the uh, Vontae Mack footage against Wisconsin and the game he gets thrown out, yeah. you know, and they're like, I, w- I want to bring this up to you. Like, <laughs> okay, that maybe gets done on day one of your scouting, not like three hours before the draft. But, yeah, I follow you. I follow you. Yeah. I'm curious from your angle. Um, I've always been told by baseball guys that Bull Durham is the closest to reality, is it not? Uh, Bull Durham is done really well. It's a little cheesy minor league style, but yeah, it's it's done pretty good. There's there's a few uh, for Love of Games done pretty well. I think I don't think that's too far off. Um, obviously at, at the major league level instead of the minor leagues, but. Uh, Bull, Dur- Bull Durham's really good. Uh, everyone loves Major League. That's pretty cheesy, though. Uh, not, not, not on Major League. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other good. Oh, you know another baseball movie, and you actually happen to show up in this one. 
super cheesy, uh-huh. Mister Three Thousand. What yes, was it, it what, is. What was that? What was that like? Did they just take footage uh, from your show, or was no. did you actually shoot that? See, we did. We shot that. So um, there's a scene where we're interviewing Bernie Mac's character, and it's it's you know a satellite interview. So he's in one place, and then myself and Tom and John Sally are asking the questions. So we actually had to shoot this in front of our audience, and there is no Bernie Mac return. We're just reading lines <laughs> to a, a blank screen, and they just edited it in later. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of cool. Um, I was in that, and I was in Rebound with Martin Lawrence. And I, oh. I, I, when I tell you that I've gotten some substantial checks over the years, <laughs> uh, I've gotten some for like a dollar thirty-one, you know, like yeah. like three dollars and thirty-seven cents, and right to the you know, col- we, right we, to the college fund, right? Absolutely, we I mean, we turn that stuff into millions. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Invest exactly. I've got a great major league story since that happened in my. You know, it wasn't shot in Cleveland. It was shot in Milwaukee, but it was about my Indians. You want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I was a senior in high school when that came out. It was in 1989. And the Indians, the first 23 years of my life, were terrible. They never finished higher than fourth in their division. Now think about that for a second. It's almost a quarter century of my life. Like, you couldn't luck into a third-place finish one year, step in it, maybe make it. They were terrible. God-awful. So when this movie came out, the whole city of Cleveland is excited, like something positive baseball-wise about our people. And it came out, I think, in March, you know, kind of spring training-ish to use the season as kind of a jumping-off point. And when I went to the – I went on one of the first two nights, I think, of the, of the release. And you're sitting there in the theater – and the games start becoming important. And as the Indians start, you know, getting to this important game in Chicago to finish the season, the crowd in the movie theater starts acting like it's at an actual baseball game. So when something good happens in all these games, people start cheering. And when we face the Yankees in that game that we win that finishes the movie, the place goes nuts. When Serrano hits that homer and is walking around with the bat around the bases, People are standing up and screaming and high-fiving and all sorts of stuff because we've never experienced that, a lot of us, in our lifetime. And so <laughs> we're all jazzed leaving the movie theater, and we get outside, and, of course, in typical Cleveland fashion, it had snowed like six inches while we were in the movie theater. And we go back to our cars, and we're like, yeah, re- real life sucks. I want to go back to the movie. So, <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of awesome, though. I mean, yeah, I guess – having a movie about your, your hometown team where they, they finally win is, is pretty cool. And obviously, uh, in the years past, the, the Indians have turned it around and they have great players, Francisco Lindor and, uh, you know, the big Homer that Rajay Davis hit in the world series. That was awesome. and, uh, unfortunately the, I, I feel like the weather, uh, the Cleveland weather kind of bit you guys in the butt again, uh, with that little rain delay in game seven. Yeah. Otherwise awesome. it kind of killed that momentum. Uh, but that w- that had to have been an awesome time for you. How do how do you balance like being on IT and being a huge Indian fan and not being kind of a homer doing your show during that time? Well, 
people who do watch the show, and that's about two or three people according to our rating. Well, um, two of them. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> people know that I'm an Indians fan. It's not like a big surprise, right? Like Hosmer came on the show one time when he was with Kansas City, and at the end of the interview, it was very funny because you know I've got all the Indians photos and like an Indians lamp next to me and all sorts of stuff. He goes, "Hey Rose, it wouldn't." hurt you to mix in a, another AL Central team on the set there. But it's funny because the guys, like, they get it. Yeah. But at the same time, they also know that, I, I mean, the Indians know I'm critical of them in, at certain times when I have to be. You know, I, I can root for them, but I can also be honest about them. And I think that that's, as long as you're honest about your valuation, like there's some shows, not to be named, where guys just say stuff just to say stuff. Yeah. Whether it's clickbait or because they know it'll make them money. I know for a fact, because I know guys that produce this show, there's two guys that are constantly debating. And one guy says, you tell me what you're thinking and I'll just take the other side. Now listen, it's made guys a lot of money and it's made them really successful. But at the end of the day, you got to be happy with who you are and what you stand for. And so I could never, I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror or my kids or my wife, if I felt like I was outright lying on TV. So, yeah. am I an Indian fan? Hell yes. Do I apologize for it? Heck no. I embrace it, but that's just the way it rolls. And you shouldn't. And we actually just finished watching a little IT here right now, and mm-hmm. the quarantine beard, it's still there, still going. Do it we is. have a, is there a point when when you've decided to shave it or are you just riding the wave through the season? So, uh, in September, I will have been married 23 years. Um, yeah, which is great. And at the beginning of this quarantine, it was the first time in my career where I was not on TV for, uh, more than a week. I just never took a vacation that lasted more than a week. And I've never had a beard where it was, like, great after three days. Like, Justin could shave his, and it would be back in about 17 hours. Mm-hmm. Probably <laughs> at the same length. length. <laughs> I, I was not born with that ability. But I kept it, and all of a sudden it started to come in, and Michelle was like, you know, you've never had a beard. Why don't you try it out? And so all of a sudden it got there, and, like, there was a little twinkle in her eye. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, this thing's staying. You passed Matt like, Camp. So, you moved up you moved up past Matt. Yeah, in fact, I told him to shave from here on out. <laughs> it's pretty simple. I'll keep mine, you shave yours. Um, and shave an eyebrow while you're at it. Anything to make you worse looking. There you go. Love it. So I, I'm thinking of keeping it. Um, if I can make it all the way to the NFL season when my other job comes in play, then – then it could be here for a while. Could be, I don't know, Courtney. I mean, obviously you're a beard person. You, you know, am I got the hairiest guy in MLB? Well, no, no, yeah, no. Are we breaking news? She no, she, but she was the same way Michelle was. She was like, oh, I love it. It's great. And then you know, I was like, oh, this kind of like became my like my identity, right? In it's baseball, everyone yeah. talks about the beard, the orange beard, and now I kind of you know, feel obligated to have it. And she's just like, ah, I wish you would just shave. Like, and I'm like, ah, I know really but kind of, but you know, I, I can't like, it's kind of like, no, I don't, I, I will never tell you to shave or whatever. I think 
there's such a cute face under there that it like you're way cuter with the short beard so we can like see your the yeah. face, ah. the smile just like yeah. comes through a little better. But I get it. It's mm-hmm. part of the whole thing now. And I will obviously not going to mess with the the mojo of the beard because can you imagine if I'm the ah. one that just tells you to straight razor it and then it goes downhill, yeah. you know, can't mess with the mojo. You would be the Yoko Ono beard. Yeah. I don't want to do that. That would be yeah. it, well, it's it's a lot of control. It's a little out of control right now because of the quarantine. What was, when was the last time you played a game with a house of beards? Um, 2011, when I first got called up oh. with the Mets um, because we weren't allowed to have facial hair in the minor leagues. So I was clean shaven when I got called up, and I haven't – well, I can't say that anymore. I've shaved my face with a razor one time since then, and it was last Halloween when right. I went as Chucky and Court was Bride of Chucky. So – we that, commit to our Halloween costumes. Yeah, we commit. But, That's uh, good, though. I want to ask you something else. Uh, we were just talking about Mojo, and one of the things your show is known most for, maybe not to the fans who watch it, but for the guys in the locker room, is IT Mojo. How many home runs, and I don't know if you know this stat, how many home runs does, does IT have under its belt now? Because I feel like the resume is pretty impressive. Yeah, I, we don't have an exact number because we really didn't start keeping track until one time. I think we hit four over a two-week span. And we were like, this is weird, like yeah. really weird stuff. And so we actually designed IT Mojo t-shirts. We, yeah, I think we gave one away to you at the World Series, didn't we? Yeah, and I think I hit a homer in game one off of, yeah. off of Keiko, So Yeah, it, and... Sorry about it, but we also did it for Altuve, and he ended up getting one too. Yeah. So I know. Sorry. Uh, was, it, was it was it the IT mojo? Was it okay? <laughs> well, we didn't. There was a there was a little um, disclaimer on the t shirt as well that said may or may not work with garbage cans. We weren't oh, sure. Oh my so gosh! We just we didn't know. Um, and, but this year we really brought it back on the opening day. We had Adam Eaton of the world champion nationals on. Yeah. And at the end, because he had, he had come on during the world series last year and he went deep that night. Mm-hmm. And so we made a big deal about the IT mojo. And we said at the end of the show, at the end of the interview, we said, Hey, Adam, can you tell the other players around the league that IT mojo works? And he laughed and he said, well, he goes, yeah, it, it does work. He goes, tonight we're facing a pretty good pitcher. They were facing Garrett Cole. Yeah. And as we said goodbye, we were like, hey, you're welcome in advance. And sure <laughs> enough, what does he do in his first at bat against Garrett Cole? He goes deep. Turns around 98 yeah. and goes deep. And so we were like, listen, if it works against Garrett Cole, we're not going to fight the baseball gods anymore. The stuff works. Yeah. It, yep. Y'all can decide if you want to come on the show or not. But if you like hitting homers, come on the show. Exactly. That could have been my quarantine project. I could have binge watched all, what is it, ten, nine seasons now and went through with all the stats and tallied up all that. Someone's got to do that. Yeah. You got to have, gotta one, of your, you gotta have one, of your, one of your stat guys on MLB Network do that because I, <laughs> I bet you it's a pretty mind-blowing number of homers. Have yeah. You, have I mean, you ever – oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say it is, it's, it's fun. It's just, it, and we have a great text chain of all the guys on the show are a bunch of our producers and our researcher and Millard. Like, so whenever somebody does go deep in that mojo, we just are, we're laughing. <laughs> Has anyone reached out to go on the show, like similar to a slump buster, but right. know, it slump buster and said, 
got any of that IT mojo? Can I pop on the show? Well, it, it is funny. Like we'll see, you know, and it doesn't happen now, obviously, because nobody goes to the games. But when we would go to the games, guys would bring it up. They're like, yeah, I got to come on the show, man. I need some help. But, you know, every, probably every couple months, we will call guys out who are struggling. And we'll put up like a big full screen, like a wanted poster. Like, <laughs> here you are. Like, call us at this number to set up your appointment. Um, the hit doctor. So, yeah, I mean, it's, we're there to help. I'm so glad I haven't seen one of those posters yet. No, no, no. I mean, listen, when you're got an OPS over 900 and, you know, you don't need that. Now, there's a couple guys in your lineup occasionally that might need it to get yeah. out of whack. And we're, you know, we're just, like we said, we're just here to help. I like it. I like it. Let's uh, let's go back to the beginning of your show, IT, because uh, Court and I said we are huge fans of it. We watch it all the time. Um, how did this show come about and were you forced to have Millar as your co-host on this or did you have your pick of the litter? (laughs) So excellent question. Well done. Um, So Kevin and I first met each other in 2003 on best Mm damn when that was his first year in Boston. And he, I had heard about him. Like I knew who he was at the Marlins, but we didn't care about the Marlins and, 2001 and 2002 yeah and so we ne- had never had him on the show and then i heard the guy's got a great personality you gotta have him in so they were out to play the angels so he and i think like todd walker came on the show together and kevin was this huge personality and he was great and we were all looking at each other we we're like we gotta have this guy on more often so he started joining us about every two weeks from somewhere some baseball stadium and we'd talk about more than just the Red Sox. We talked about what was going on in baseball. And then in the off season, well, we found out that his mom lived about 10 minutes from me in LA. So okay. I'd get to see him in the off season. And then, you know, he started having kids and we have kids that are a little bit older, but we, you know, we hang out and get together and all sorts of stuff. And then I was like, Hey, when a team realizes you can't play baseball anymore, let's do something together. And sure enough, in 2010, the Cubs cut him after spring training. And he ended up getting part-time work at MLB Network. I was still working for Fox, but got part-time work at MLB Network. At the end of that year, our bosses at the time, Tony Petiti and John Entz, pulled us into an office and said, hey, we want to try this new show with you two guys. And we were like, great. Neither of us are moving to New Jersey, which is where MLB (laughs) Network is. Kevin has four kids. He lives in Austin. I've got two. I live in LA. They said, fine, we'll build studios for you in each of your homes. And that was a huge leap of faith. Like today, what we've learned in the pandemic is technologically, we are able to all do shows from our homes and it is nothing short of remarkable what these, uh, you know, tech people are able to do. Mm -hmm. But in 2011, when we were starting it out, nobody was doing a full hour daily show from two guys, respected homes in different time zones where the control room is, is 3,000 miles away from me in New Jersey. People yeah. weren't doing it. So it took us a while to do it. But they always said, you guys have a certain chemistry together. And we do. We're very different people. The way we look at life is totally different. Mm-hmm. But we're really good friends. We respect the hell out of each other. And uh, I think that's why it, it works. So if I had to do it all over again, there isn't anybody else I would pick. If they were like, hey, you could have a pick of the litter. Who are you taking? I'd still go with that knucklehead. Aww. Because, well, it's true, though. He is 
he's insane. Like what you see on television is exactly the way he is yeah. in real life. Yeah. And the way I am on TV is the same too. I'm like I'm a little uptight. I'm a little intense. I like things a certain way. He's just, let's roll. Let's go have fun. Let's, and then I think that's why it works. Well, if you had to do it all over again, though, would you negotiate in your contract to get the same amount of vacation days? Because that guy is always ah, on vacation. He is. He is. And um, I applaud him for that. He is <laughs> able to, and he does it as guilt-free as anybody. Like, if I were taking as many days off as he does, I'd be like, guys, I'm sorry, next week. I'm, he'd be like, yeah, guys, I'm up in Tahoe again next week. We're taking a friend's private jet up there. We're going to roll. roll. Yeah, like, I feel like the, he went up and played in that tournament and loved it so much that he just stayed like an extra week or something. <laughs> no, no, no. It was even better than that. So he did that. Um, we had a week of IT at the beginning of summer camp in July. And then he took, like, we went four days, and then he went up to Tahoe. He took his whole family because the next week he was playing in the golf tournament. Then he came back to Austin to do a couple shows. And then he took back off to Tahoe because it was too hot in Austin. <laughs> so he wanted like Lackey and all of his other rich neighbors. Wanted, they were like, yeah, Tahoe looks fun. Let's all go up there and roll. Jeez. And like, didn't even give a second thought about it. And he called me. He's like, you and Michelle want to come up? I'm like, Dude, I don't go to the grocery store. How am I going to go up to Lake Tahoe from here? Right. He's like, hey, don't don't ever say I don't ask. So he just he has this carefree attitude, and I want everybody to understand too. He is following all of the rules. He just oh yeah yeah you know he hangs out with the same five guys yeah, and their family. You got to have your bubble, your germ pod. You got to yeah. have your germ pod. Yeah. And nobody does a germ pod better than Kevin Millar because yeah. they, they all get on the same private jet. Yeah, it's not it's good living when you your germ pod is on a on a PJ. So yeah, ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well yeah. I mean, obviously we're big fans of the show. I will say my first show I watched, I think, was actually the day Justin got non tendered by the Mets. So back in Ooh. I think 2013, then you hooked me from that point on. She had no idea. She she didn't really know what was happening when I got non-tendered. And I was actually at the Players Association winter meetings. So, like, I got the phone call on the way down there. And then ha when we checked in, I had to go straight to a meeting. And she was trying to figure out what was going on. And the first thing she did was turn on MLB Network and your show was on. And that's kind of what hooked her. And You guided me through the tough times <laughs> of unemployment with Justin. Well, like I said, we played... We play many roles, wear many hats. <laughs> we can be uh, an IT mojo, or we can help um, significant others through non-tender situations. <laughs> so this is simply what we do. Well, we, I thought, we have a uh, big range. I thought Justin would bang a U-turn on the freeway when we were driving down to, where were we, Torrey Pines? Yeah, and down in San Diego. kept on going as the rep for no team at the... Uh, meeting so i was just stuck in the room the whole time so i think it was a whole lot of mlb network to get me through so i thank oh, you for that yeah oh absolutely <laughs> um, basically you actually you couldn't go anywhere it was you know it was like quarantining before quarantining you had to stay there and of course what we wisely do whenever we're on in a certain city during the winter meetings and all that sort of stuff is we steal everybody's remote so it is stuck on mlb network coverage <laughs> of those 
about. Well, I want, I want to go. I want to go back to the beginning of the show a little bit when you claimed you you self proclaimed to be the stat guy and and you pawned mm-hmm. off the creep on on Kevin Millar because <laughs> yep. uh, a few years back, uh, a few friends of of ours uh, decided to mm-hmm. spend New Year's Eve in Palm Springs and uh, we. We're checking into the hotel and the, the New Year's Eve festivities had already started kind of happening in the lobby downstairs. And as we are walking up to our room, I believe you, being the creep you are, spotted us walking to our room from downstairs and you sent uh, you sent the boys upstairs to do some recon and knock on the door. And when we finished getting ready, uh, we opened the door and, and your two boys are standing right there like, hey, what's up? My dad told me to come up and knock on the door. <laughs> yeah. So th- that's, so there is a little as, creep um, in there. There is a little creep in there. He was a fact checker. He yeah. didn't make sure it was you. <laughs> right. So um, in typical, you know, let's see here. This, so this was what, 2014, 15, probably? Yeah. yeah like I think yeah. ringing in 2015 that year. Right. Okay. So my oldest would have been a, a teenager. Mm-hmm. And of course, he always tells the truth. So when you opened the door and said, my dad told me to check on you was 100% factual. <laughs> it was not, it was not teenage kids starstruck by said major league star and soon to be wife. Uh, and maybe just wanting to be near you guys. It was the creeper TV sports table who planted young teenagers to go do the dirty work. We nailed this one, guys. We <laughs> nailed this one. Oh man. Well I, I actually uh, have a I actually have a funny story from that night because we're one of the guys we were there with is a good friend of mine that I grew up oh, with. Uh, his name's Blake Davis. You might have known him. He played in the big leagues a little bit with the Orioles. Um but he knew who you were, but he for whatever reason had the wrong name in his head. And I think he actually said what's up Jim to you think like he had Jim Rome in his head instead of Chris Rose (laughs) (laughs) and he was and obviously he knew you had the show and IT and in baseball and and he was so like rattled that he messed up and called you Jim Rome he's like oh my god like this is gonna be on the show I'm gonna like it's gonna mess up my I don't know if I'm gonna get a job like (laughs) and he was so like rattle it was so funny because i mean he knew you he knew you were chris rose but for whatever reason he said what's up jim rome or whatever i don't know if you even remember that because it was loud down there and there was a lot of people but oh my god he was so flustered it was so funny without the stash i mean (laughs) (laughs) he didn't have the the rome stash he he, uh Please tell me I, I didn't get, I never get upset when people call me the wrong name. No, I no, I, I don't even think you even heard it really, but he was like, I mean, distraught, like physically distraught, oh like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. It was, it was funny. It meant more to us probably than yes, it did to you. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I always, I love it when people, um, usually people recognize me. You see, you're easy, Justin, right? Okay. Yeah. You a you're a really, really good baseball player. Um, and people know that much more than sports hosts. But you also have that, you know, that certain look, right? It's kind of a one of a kind. Um, for me, I get the voice more than the face. Yeah. Like people are like, wait, I know that voice. I know it. You're, uh, you're, uh, and then they sit there snapping their fingers trying to figure <laughs> out who I am. And I was like, 
you'll, you'll get it. But I said, you got about 90 seconds because I'm going to leave this spot. And then it's going to really frustrate you the rest of the day. And I'm not going to tell you why. <laughs> they're like, well, you know, and then they start trying to get on their phone to try and figure out where, where I'm from. And then they try and narrow it down. They're like, ah, oh, you're on ESPN. I'm like, no, that's like the one network I haven't been on, yeah. you know? So <laughs> any, all other, that any other stuff. network you, you would have been close. Yeah. And then like, as I'm walking away, I was like, Hey, but it's nice meeting you. And I'm walking away. They're like, no, 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 I'll get it. And then like when I'm 50 feet away, I'm like, I go, Chris Rose. They're like, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. You're like Jim Rome. <laughs> yeah. And then I, and then I say, I am out. I'm out. I'm out. Rack them. Oh, to be fair, Justin's you. I mean, that one guy at the mall the one time was like, "You're Cole Beasley." I know you're Cole Beasley. Yeah. I'm like, I think they're Cole Beasley. Oh my dude, we were at Bloomingdale's, and I'm looking for like a shirt to wear to some to like an event or something. And this guy walks up to me, and I'm like, "All right, like, I mean, we're in LA, by the way." And he's like, "Dude, he's like, I know you," and I was like, "Oh, what's up, man?" He's like, "No, like, I know you," and I'm like. Oh, what's what's your name? What's going on? He's like, you're Cole Beasley. <laughs> and I like lost it. I, I couldn't even like hold it together. I was like, oh no, that's not me, man. I get that all the time, but no, definitely not Cole Beasley. I, pro I promise you I'm not Cole Beasley. And he's like, damn. He's like, you look just like Cole Beasley. <laughs> and he walked away. You, you can't run slot for the uh, Buffalo Bill? Oh, Is that what I, you're saying? I would get hit one time and I'd be in a hospital probably. <laughs> I think it Did was you like play football. Me? No, I no. I played flag football when I was like six. That was enough. Little Velcro action. Yeah. No. Uh, dad didn't want me to play football. Didn't want me to get hurt. So I stuck to baseball. I played a little bit of hockey, roller hockey, um, oh. for for three years. Uh, I played one season of summer ball basketball. That wasn't for me. I can't shoot a lick. Still can't shoot a lick. You can't. So. It's true. Yeah, it was. Uh, I played soccer all the way up until high school, and then uh, and then just baseball. So, Court, what about you? Um, I was a show choir girl and a pole vaulter. So, what a combo! She still thinks she's a show choir girl, <laughs> just <laughs> on a nightly basis. I mean, oh boy, yeah, performer with a pole. That is me. <laughs> Just a different, wow, different kind. She checked off all my boxes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. Take that, exactly. Marissa Miller. <laughs> so oh, you man. didn't, Kurt, can't happen to be a pole vaulter at a younger. Well, yes, I was. Excellent. I, I, as a matter of fact, I actually was. Oh man. Well, before we let you go, let's get your thoughts on some of these new changes for. 2020. We heard you guys talking about it a little on the show. Um, mm -hmm. Dodgers. I mean. Something about away games in Houston just love to age me like 30 years and this extra innings game the other night was no exception. They kept, as soon as they said the percentage, the chance that this game was going to end with this new rule in 10 innings and then 11, the more they said it, I was like, this is going to go until tomorrow. So <laughs> well, uh, how are you loving it so far? I was looking forward to it and I love it so far. I just, I think in this, in this shortened season, anything rolls. And by the way, I, I'm good with this extra inning rule. I really am. And the first time I ever heard about it was when Brady, who our youngest son, who's now 14, but was eight. And, you know, he's a pretty good baseball player. So he was on an all-star team back then. 
And we were in a tournament playing our arch rival in the semifinals. And it was like 1-1 heading into the sixth. And I was, we only played six innings. And I was like, what happens after this? They go, well, we go to the California whatever rule yep. it's called. And sure enough, you start the seventh inning with a runner on second and a kid in the box. And Brady was the kid in the box. He ended up getting a hit, knocked in a run. We scored three more after that. We won the game, beat our arch rival, ended up winning the tournament. I was like, this rule is freaking awesome. Yeah. So the only thing I was disappointed about with the enacting of the rule is that they didn't call it the Brady Rose rule, which I really <laughs> thought would have been nice for them. See, it's, it's all about first impressions in, in these rules, too, because yeah. if you would have lost it that way, you probably to this uh -huh. day would have hated that rule. You yeah. Know? So did it feel did it feel different the other night than other X-Training games you played? You know what's funny? And I, I think I'm the first player in MLB history to be the runner on second base twice. <laughs> And the joke and the joke in the dugout and what I was going is, is you basically get shamed for making the last out. So I'm just like yelling like shame, shame, shame as I'm like running out to second base and everyone was laughing. But then I was in good company because I wasn't the only one that was the runner twice. Kike was also the runner twice. So we both made the last out of an inning in the extra innings two times. And we both were shamed. Everyone made fun of us. But I mean, personally... I, I agree with it because the intention is there and the intention is to protect pitchers yeah. and not have to play 16 innings. I still personally think that after 10 innings, a mini home run derby would be way funner and more exciting and yeah. TV ratings would be totally. through the roof. Like, can you imagine yeah. like people probably aren't watching every game, but if on Twitter it goes out, Oh, the Yankees and Red Sox going into home run derby. Every person yeah. is going to pick up the remote and, and turn that on. Yeah. It's like a no hitter. It's a, no. yeah. So, and then, you know, I, I, I love the idea. Yeah. But I mean the, the intention is there. So that's, that's all that matters. I don't necessarily love the rule. And then talking about the new one that came in today, the mm -hmm. seven inning double headers and watching your show. It's funny because Millar loves the runner on second rule. But then he goes, oh, I hate this seven-inning doubleheader. It feels Little League. Well, the runner on second rule is a Little League rule, according to huh. you, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's called, it's literally should be called the Brody Rose rule. So <laughs> how can you like one and not the other? You can't call one of them Little League and not the other. Well, I think what his point was is that he said, I get it for this year. I don't like it moving forward. Yeah, it'll only because, be this year. It'll, that'll never yeah. stick. Yeah, I don't think it'll it'll stick either. I mean, I mean, how we don't get a ton of doubleheaders anyway. Yeah, uh, moving, well, <laughs> moving forward, we'll see, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, but I mean, that's the that's the whole idea this year is that we, as a a community in general, you have to be flexible with everything we do, and in sports where there is a certain bylaw and rules, and we're so used to playing it a certain way for over a hundred years, we all have to say. Hey, we get it. We, you know, it's not perfect, but we got to deal with it. Yeah, no, definitely. And I don't know. I think it's going good. Uh, one thing, one perk about playing on the West Coast and playing in LA is we don't ever have to worry about weather and, and all the doubleheaders that they right. they have to worry about in in the Central yep. and in in the East. But um, we'll see what happens. I I know they play seven inning doubleheaders in the minor leagues, and guys love it. But can you imagine like? if the Mets lined up and had to play like three, four doubleheaders in a row all on DeGrom days, I mean, 
<laughs> That'd be a thing of beauty for their pitching staff, right? I mean, he's going to go seven innings and 60 pitches and complete game. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully the offense scratches out a run for him. But that'd be that'd be pretty wild if it, if it lined up that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it would lead to some interesting discussions moving down the road. There's no question about it. You know what it's going to do? It's going to bring back the complete game. Like that's like the uh, that's like a yeah. Those don't exist anymore. But is that mess? Like the stats guy is probably just scratching his head. Like, is this count <laughs> as an actual complete game? And then even like the extra innings, all of that scoring was so. Yeah, like, is it, it earned? Were, is it unearned? Do you get RBIs? Do you get a run scored? Who knows? Yeah, we I saw it was real. Well, yeah. Hit the first ever leadoff two-run homer in Major oh. League Baseball history. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's, um, like I said, that's kind of the interesting thing is that the pitcher doesn't get charged with an earned run if they only give up, like, let's say that one run. It's not an earned run, but they get a loss. Yeah. So, to me, it only is, I mean, I get it. We're so inundated with numbers, particularly in this game, but that should only matter when it comes to contract negotiations, and your agent is going to be all over that. You're going to be like, yeah, uh, he lost that game because there was a runner put at second base. Yeah, that wasn't like a real loss. That was like a quasi loss. Yeah. Yeah. Oral was saying on the broadcast to just have like a team loss column where it just goes into like the the team grouping, so no one takes the hit for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? A team. Hey, they expanded the uh, the hockey standings over the years to include all sorts of stuff. I can't even read those things anymore. There's so yeah. many numbers involved. Yeah. So wild. yeah, well, let's throw TL team loss. There you go. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for chatting with us today. It was good for me to be included in the conversation again. <laughs> yeah. You're always, know, in, you're always you. in the conversation. You're just not always I, there. I know. Let's do it. Exactly. You, I understand you get frustrated because you're on the other side of the television and you want <laughs> in with, these, with those three knuckleheads. And you know that it's an, it's an open invitation, Corey. You know that. Well, the same goes for you. You're welcome back on holding court anytime. Chris. Well, thank, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you guys are very good at this. You guys should start dating or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> Our chemistry off the charts. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy and you got all kinds of TV obligations. So uh, thanks for coming on, chatting with us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. We're all good. All right, guys. Stay healthy. All right, dude. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was a lot of fun. That was a, you know, I've heard a lot of his stories. I talked to him a lot, Um, you know, sidebar. The the movie theater one was great. Yeah. Could you imagine like being in that theater and like people are going nuts, like throwing popcorn in the air and stuff because, you know, the Indians are finally winning something in in his generation. That that's phenomenal. I think I remember the movie uh, Fever Pitch. They were filming that, the one with Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore, and. I feel like they filmed that movie with no idea that they were going to win the yeah. World Series that year because they actually filmed it during a game in the 2004 season. I yeah. think I remember reading that. Yeah, that's pretty pretty wild. Maybe we should have someone film a movie uh, in Dodger Stadium. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they have. Oh, yeah, but we love Chris. Yeah. I mean, the Sandlot, right? Dodger Stadium. Sandlot, Dodger Stadium, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. We'll definitely have to have him back on here he's a good guy to bounce off our like talking with him about the rules and all of that just from like a different perspective and 
we obviously love the show. I love that it gives guys a chance to do kind of that like unconventional interview and like keep it loose. And I think that is probably or probably has something to do with that IT mojo is like, you know, just relaxing and being able to just go on there and goof around and, you know, not get those same questions that you get after every single game. I think that might be something in that formula for the home runs. Yeah, it's just a deeper dive into guys. It's not like the surface, like boring baseball questions, although baseball is talked about, but they they kind of give, I guess, their viewers a, a different perspective and a, and a more in-depth look at players and, and, and understanding that we're human beings and we have other stuff going on as well and not just baseball. And they do a great job of highlighting, you know, foundation and charity work. And, um, you know, they've talked about what we do in the community. So... Um, it's just a great show. They have fun. It's produced really well. Uh, great content, obviously one five and, and Chris, uh, do an unbelievable job of just flowing through it and, and arguing and, uh, you know, when, when they have difference of opinions, which is great, you know, they're not afraid to, to hold back. So, um, it is one of our favorite shows. We watch it all the time. If you haven't tuned into intentional talk, I suggest you check it out and, and get to know some of the guys around the league and, and, Chris Rose and, and Kevin are, are pretty well informed as well. Yeah, it's a fun show. Is it Joey Votto that has like a blast going on there? He's like, I feel like he's always going on there with like costumes and all that. No, Voight. <laughs> Stephen, or Vote. I mean, Stephen Vote does the referee, dresses up. But everyone has fun on there. Everyone, everyone enjoys it. They give guys a hard time. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about when Votto dressed up as the... Uh, what is it like a Canadian officer, right? He <laughs> yeah. had on like the red jacket and the, and the hat. Yeah. Um, guys yeah. have fun, but no other show would you be able to go on there and like goof off or, you know, kind of pull a little prank on guys. And well, you just anticipate, that's what you anticipate. Yeah. You know, you're going to go on there, you know, you're going to have fun, you know, you're going to mess around, you know, uh, you're going to be able to poke a little bit of fun at, at Chris Rose for not playing. And, you know, Millar is going to, you know, say some some wacky crap along the way. So, yeah, <laughs> it's just it's fun to go on there. Can't they're, tell they're we're huge guys. fans of the show. <laughs> 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 oh, man. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Um, thanks again to Chris Rose for joining us today. We'd love to have him back on the show in the future. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See you guys. Go daughters. Boom. Bum 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 b